Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the Bobby Orr, behind that, the center, and the Orr! Orr from the Boston Bruins! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 171. I'm recording on March 23rd, 2020. This is episode two of quarantine and uh, and hunker down and separate from everybody. So with that being said, I have my friend Lance. I cannot say your last name. What is it? Scabetta. I knew it. see. Scabetta. All right. Yes. All right. I, I, I was afraid I was going to mess it up. For the Twitterverse, uh, it's at Bruinsman1. There you go. All right. <laughs> so give him a follow. He's a good guy, great Bruins fan, longtime Bruins fan, and very knowledgeable. One of the reasons why I have him on here today to help me out in this whole Bruins talk that's kind of slowed down with, uh, with, with life, pretty much. Uh, Corona is really killing the, uh, the planet right now, and I'm not saying that to be mean or anything like that, but it's just really putting a damper on everything that we love to do. Oh, yeah, and, it's factual. I mean, it's legit happening. Real yeah. world is taking a pause at the moment. Yeah, 
and uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 tough. I mean, this is we're going on. I think what thir- thirteen days now since uh, since the uh, uh, stoppage. Oh yeah, it is. It's been brutal. But we will carry on. Um, before we do that, we just got a couple topics we're going to discuss to get the content out. And uh, but as I probably have not mentioned yet, this. This episode is brought to you by betonline.ag with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of sports, events, games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Um, Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, with nothing going on, it sucks that I can't place any bets on our uh, with our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. But we do have some a couple of topics that I like to talk about. Uh, last week, last Wednesday night, I had Sam uh, Minton, and he covers the. He's a bees writer for Chowders and Champions. It's a fan-sided website, and uh, we discussed the uh, Jeremy Jacobs and the family, and how they haven't um, mentioned anything about taking care of their employees, their uh, their hourly event employees. So fast forward to Saturday this past weekend. Um, he did come out. He did come out. They did come out and say that they're going to do something, but. It got me a little happy until I really read into it. And before we get into this topic, I do want to say something. This was not a very good weekend for me. So <laughs> I, I, I was supposed to do this podcast yesterday. And Lance, I'm really sorry about holding you up all day. Hopefully you didn't have any, any major plans that you had to take care of. But I, uh, I, I had a good Saturday night. Let's put it that way, and it was so good that I was un- <laughs> I was in a uh, an alcohol coma all day Sunday. So I, w- I want to thank you for uh, for holding on and, and doing this today. As um, I feel much better. Not a problem, my friend. The pink Whitney virus is real, folks. Yeah. it's real. But it was the gin. Oh, it always is. It, it was that Jim Martini at the end, so <laughs> I, I certainly didn't need it, and I uh, felt it all day. But um, we'll go back to the, the the Jacobs family and and what happened this weekend. Um, as you read into that whole thing, it's it doesn't sound very good for these people. It, no, it doesn't. It's, a, um, it's very unfortunate that it has to come down to um, speculate. I mean, well, not speculations, but uh, contingencies. Yeah, exactly. And um, so if they happen to cancel the season, which nobody knows when is it's actually going to happen, right? Then these people would get their pay. And I think it's a hundred well, it's a million point 5. That's right. the fund. Um 
which is by far the highest number I've heard any team so far. But he's also the last. It's also the the organization's the last in the um in the in the, in all the whole NHL. And they're so, also not paying these people. They're not saying right out they're going to pay them. There's contingencies and hangups with whether or not they're going to get paid, and that's just awful on on all levels. It really is. So a lot of these people, they they count on um, this this money, and you know, on a regular life, they do this on on the regular. But we are at a stoppage on everything, and the, they're not getting any money at all. So it's all uh, it's all up in the air right now if they're actually going to get it or not, which I I think is is kind of bad. And and he's I mean he's got a terrible terrible. Uh, history with with doing stuff like this as we talked about with Sam last week um, I don't know I just I, I'm at a loss for words for a guy that uh, owns a company and uh, makes billions of dollars a year off of concessions so exactly <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, on him and uh, we are explicit so you know well I got it here's my whole thing with Jacobs he's been notoriously very very cheap and it wasn't until the, the, the NHL actually adopted a salary cap where he actually started spending money to that cap. But prior to that, he would not spend money to actually fortify his team. And with this whole situation coming out, to be the last team to even do anything is despicable, in my opinion. It's an original six franchise. They should have been in the forefront for doing stuff like that. And the fact that even now when they did finally come out with something, it's contingent on whether or not they finish the season. It's not looking like that's going to happen anytime soon. And what are these people supposed to do in the meantime? You know what I mean? And that's just from a billionaire owner who runs a billionaire company on concessions, nonetheless. And these people that work for him work the concession areas amongst other areas too. But, and they're the ones getting hung up on whether or not they're going to get paid. It's just not right. It really isn't. I, I also heard the Celtics do the same thing, that they put up a, a million-dollar fund for them, too. So, um, but it's, yeah, it's probably all contingent on whether the season goes on or not. And I'm another franchise that I... Well, at least I the NBA has, at least Adam Silver, anyway, has come out and said they are going to finish their season. When that happens, who knows? But at least the NBA has come out and said that they are going to finish that season. Batman and the NHL have not said that yet. Yeah. And what I'm thinking about is the players that play for these teams are financially flush. We all know the contracts that get thrown out in the NBA and the NHL now. And the people that work for these teams are not in that situation. And they should not be hung up on getting paid for something that wasn't their fault. And that's the part that irking me most of all is this just paints it in neon sign the way people think about Jacobs. And now Grouseback too, in that respect, it's just how can you not take care of your people that are definitely taking care of you? That's not even a question. And the fact that they're not is really, it's kind of disgusting in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's very classless. Um, it's spot on. Uh, talking about the uh, the season and, and it, when it could return, it's it, it, like you said, it doesn't look very good um, b- because of the fact is that 
they're even talking about canceling the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. They already did. It's already that came, it, out, that, that came out today. That can't. I thought. Gonna push, I thought over the weekend they were going to do four weeks. Nope. They came out today. And just canceled, canceled everything. Yep. They're wow. going to push it back to 2021. Well, that's that doesn't look good for the NHL then. No. If they if they're already talking about can't uh, if they're already done canceling the 2020 Olympics, then uh, I don't know about this whole thing that I talked about with Sam last week about the schedule that could start uh, in training camp in July. You know, because that's basically the same time, same time frame. And it yeah. might be a different area, too, because it might, that's, you know, I mean, it is over. Well, you're also talking about every country in the world sending people to Japan yeah. and the travel and everything else. So that's a big X factor. Um, I think that's basically a safety thing just because it's a whole, the whole world is coming to that. I know the NHL has players that come from all over the world too. And it's a different situation because they've all been sent home, but they're supposed to be quarantining themselves once they get home. Um, but as far as the league goes with this kind of a layoff, they're going to have to be some kind of a, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a training camp, but they're going to have to get back together again and have some type of conditioning time to get themselves back ready for game time. You know what I mean? And the longer this goes, it makes it more difficult to not only finish the season, if they can even do that, then get a playoff, a whole playoff system through. I mean, I've heard different aspects where they were going to have a 24-team playoff. Yeah, like a – yeah. I mean, how – what are you going to do? Have playing games or shortened series, you know, three-game series, five-game series, whatever the case may be. And either way, that's going to draw out and draw out and draw out. And you know ice and heat don't work well. No. And <laughs> – you know, now, now you're talking about possible injuries to the players and because of ice conditions and things like that. It's just, it's going to be a real shit show in order to try to throw something together. They've already Not even talk talking about next year. You know what I mean? It, it's going to fall flow into that too. Well, that's the, that's the biggest thing about this whole discussion. And I know we're getting off on the, uh, on a little tangent on the Jacobs uh, topic, but it does kind of all fit into, you know, when we're getting back together. I've already heard that they are considering an online draft. Nobody, you know, because just the way the things are right now, and it's supposed to be in Montreal in late June, that doesn't sound like it's going to happen, or it's going to be safer for everybody to do their do online picks. Well, that actually makes sense to do it that way. I know it takes the glitz and glamour away from everybody's draft day. I get that, but – in the interest of safety in the current times and the way things are right now, that might be the best, the safest and the best way to go. Yeah. And the, the word is they do not want to compromise anything with the 2021 season. So if you don't want to do, if you don't want to do that, then that means that the league and the players, in my opinion, are not jiving together with the player proposal that me and Sam mentioned on last, on the last episode with the whole, I mean, I could, I could pull it up, but I mean, they were literally going to start games in November. <laughs> so you're already, you're, that's, you're already messing around with it with the next season. So if they don't want to do anything with an 82 game schedule next year, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go. This is just, this it's baffling to me and just baffling to a bunch of other people too. But uh, first and foremost, it's, it's, it's human. It's, it's safety for humanity. For the Absolutely. human race, you know what I mean? It's, that's that's my first concern is to get this and overcome it because this is just getting nasty. I mean, 
I'm in Mass. You're in New Hampshire. I'm not sure about what what the what the rules are, but we're on a um, uh, advised shelter in place. Right. And I have to go to work because I am an essential employee. Right. So I was really hoping I was going to get that two weeks off, but <laughs> oh well, get some work done in the office here. But um, it should be interesting to see where we go from here, and and if we're actually in fact going to have a, a the remainder of the season. Um, I asked Sam last week, but I'll ask you this week. Uh, how do you feel about if it comes down to it? You know, you're a Stanley Cup champion by default. No, I'm not a fan either. There's no you glory. You have to win in that. that thing on the ice. There's absolutely no glory in that. And 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 if the, if that does happen, I would be absolute bullshit if I saw Duck Boats at a parade. That is no way to celebrate. It's a no. you know it's. I don't like the idea. Neither. I you, you, that trophy is the best trophy in sports. I don't give a damn. Yeah. And that thing needs to be won on the ice, Agreed. not in a boardroom somewhere. Agreed. Totally so. agree with that. All right, let's move on to something else that's probably not so depressing, but leaning towards it. Um, Tuka Rask, this is coming from Matt, Matt Porter from the uh, Boston Globe. And I know Matt, well, I don't know him very well, but I've met him several times at Bruins events. And uh, he's a really good guy, good writer too. Uh, he had, the, it had an interview with Tuka Rask, um, a couple months ago and retirement was brought up and he said that um, he would possibly like to retire after he fulfills his obligation with the Boston Bruins, which, which is next season is his last year under contract. And he uh, entertained the, the, the thought that he would like to retire. Um, I mean, I'm okay with any decision that he makes, but on those, on those decisions, the Bruins have to be ready um, to do what they need to do to get somebody signed, um, re-signed or something because, and, uh, and actually Matt Kalman wrote an article today for WEI saying that Tuca should say something sooner than later if he is going to do that because future plans within a year or a year and a half, season and a half, whatever, uh, are going are to depend on that and where right. the, the team goes in the future. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on Tuca hanging it up after, after this contract and um, where we go from here? Well, first things first, I agree with Matt. He should let the Bruins know as soon as possible. Let's get that out of the way right now, for, and for those reasons, for planning and everything else that comes with that. As far as whether or not he retires, that's completely up to Tuca. It's an individual decision. He stated he wants to spend more time with his family, which is about to grow to three now, well, three children anyway. Yep. And I can understand where his mindset might. So as far as that goes, that's completely to his decision. Would I miss him? Absolutely, because prior, to, I, I don't care what these, you know, the snowflake fans that we have here in Boston. He's oh, a top five. He's the, the best goaltender. He's a top five goaltender in this league right now. The numbers say it. The only draw, the only knock you can have against Tuka isn't on the big one. 
And right. honestly, I think they had a shot this year to win it, and they could possibly have a shot next year to win it, depending on how this all plays out. If in the in that time, if they do win it, I believe his retirement is a foregone conclusion. I think he wants to win one. I don't think that he wants to retire with not having one. But again, that's his decision to make. He's got a family to think about, and he's not from here. He's from Finland, and that kind of travel, he said, wears on him and wears on his family. He said that publicly in the interviews and everything else. And uh, I just think that if that is his where he's leaning to and that's what he's going to do, he should definitely let the Bruins know as soon as possible. Just for the sake that we, the Bruins then need to plan out, okay, what do we do now? You know what I mean? And But as far as whether Tuka does or doesn't, on my opinion of it, it's totally up to him. That's an individual decision that every individual player makes for themselves. And nobody's opinion on that really matters. You know what I mean? He's got a family, which is growing. And if he wants to retire, so long, Tuka. Thank you for everything that you gave us. But um, he should try to give the Bruins as much of a heads up as as he can, as far as that goes. And uh, in that article that Matt Porter wrote for the – for the Boston Globe was right around the time that he was concussed and either that or coming or trying to come back or whatever. Um, I wonder if that is playing a big role because I know that he's had a couple of them throughout his career. So family at that point is, is far more important than career. Absolutely. And CTE is nothing to joke about. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Very real oh. thing, regardless if you, um, you know, like you said, the, the snowflake crew out there that think that, you know, uh, this stuff doesn't happen. It, it, it happens, and it's very real. Very real. Uh, it, it, that's uh, that's going to pay, pay a heavy, heavy um, toll on anybody's thoughts moving forward. I absolutely respect his, his, his desire to, to talk about it, but like you said, it, it, it needs to be done needs to be said to management. Now, the, the, the other thing about this whole this topic is, is really going to play into the fourth topic that I have, and we'll discuss that later, but uh, it's the salary cap. And we don't know what's going to happen with that, um, but I won't jump ahead. But if we did have to lock down Halak for an extra year, that's going to be, that's going to be tough because he's playing, uh, I, I believe as a one a right now. Oh, without a doubt. And you know, this, it's the whole one, a one B, uh, they play really well as a tandem together. Um, but he's going to want to get paid. I, I really feel that he's going to, either test the market and if there's nothing else out there, take the Bruins offer because he's, he's older than Rask. I believe he's 35, 36 or going to be 36 or something like that. Yeah. I believe he's going to be 36. And, and when you come, he's got a family too. Yes. Um, and when it comes down to it, he needs that nest egg for the rest of his, his life that, to, to rely on and he's going to want to get paid. And I, I believe he deservingly should. But that really puts a, a, a hamper on what the Bruins are going to do in the future. So um, I don't know what, what where to go with this one. I I've heard that there's there's options to test the free agent market. If he if if Halak is going to test the market, then so are the Bruins and see where they can get you know talking to age, agents and so on. 
And Halak's agent, Alan Walsh, is always one that's always pushing the envelope to get more money. So it's not going to be an easy process. Oh, no. He's going to want – not only is Walsh going to want to get him paid. I mean, of course, Yarrow's going to want to get paid too. But with Walsh being his agent, he's going to push that envelope too. And that's – and that also comes back to the salary cap too. Depending on how much the cap goes up, that – that dictates the kind of space that the Bruins have and how much they can dictate money to this, that, and the other. And I, I <laughs> is he going to get RAS money? I don't think the Bruins are going to pay him RAS money. No way. No I way. I think somebody else might because of the 1A, 1B situation we've had here. And it's worked with other teams that have a 1A, 1B going on with their teams. It's brought that quote unquote 1B guy. He's got he's got a big spotlight on him now. And yeah, that's going to translate into getting paid. The Bruins will not pay him to harass money. I can you know, tell if, you that right here and now. If he's asking for that type of salary, which I'm I'm totally agreeing with you on that. That he I don't think he'll get it. Um, not from us. Maybe from somebody else, but not from us. Right. Um, you do have options. Um, yes. And. You do have uh, Max Legacy, who's been playing well down in Providence. He was on, on a one-year deal, signed as a free agent over the summer, last offseason. Um, playing well. Uh, he does, like you mentioned in the pre-show, he does have um, some NHL experience. Right. But uh, 16 games isn't enough for me to uh, – and plus I really didn't watch a ton of um, Vegas games to really gauge where he's at. I know he's got a – uh, sub 500 record and some pretty uh, pretty bad goals against and save percentage, but um, you know, this be might... nothing more than a stopgap. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not an elite goaltender. I'm not no, I'm not I'm not going to blow sunshine up anyone's ass. He's would be nothing more than a stopgap. But he could have been the ace in the hole that that Don Sweeney might have uh, grabbed. Um, Absolutely, preparing for something like this. Right. Um, whether you had to trade. Halak at the trade deadline, which they didn't. I mean, it, it was an option, right? Or, um, and he, he's. I think um, he's making like seven hundred k down in Providence. Well, no, you know that's wrong. I can't say that. Yeah, that's his, his NHL deal was seven hundred k at the NHL level. It's obviously seventy thousand down in Providence. Right. So his uh, Legacy signing for like one year to 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 back up Rask would be cheap when you think about the, the salary cap and what you have to do to, to bring people in. Also resigning Krug and, and, and Grizzlick and DeBrosk. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of work that has to be done from uh, manager Don Sweeney. Um, well, signing with, Krug is vital. Yeah. I believe opinion. so too. I believe so too. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely discuss those those players on the final topic. But, um, I mean, for me, I am a huge Rask fan, and, and I might be showing my bias here, but, I mean, he's uh, his number is definitely uh, worthy of, of uh, hanging from the uh, TD Garden Raptors way before another goaltender that won a cup, Tim Thomas. I just think that all the numbers that he has, his career numbers, over oh. the the um, accomplishments of what what Timmy did back in 2011. 
I agree. I believe at some point 40 should hang from the rafters. No yeah. doubt about it. He's leads. He's got the team record in wins. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? He's, I believe, second or third on the team in career shutouts. I mean, the numbers don't lie about Tuka Rask. Yeah. You can say yeah. what you want about him. And the only knock that I have on Tuka that actually, I don't even have a really a knock on him about that, but everybody else has that knock on him is he hasn't won the big one. Yeah. And that's it. That's the only knock you really have on Tuka Rask because everything else, He's an elite goaltender. It's plain and simple. You yep. know what I mean? I, I, if I ever going to thank the Toronto Maple Leafs for anything, it's thank you for letting us trade for him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and we sent over Andrew Raycroft, which is funny. And we got him back funny. anyway, so he's better. He was more used to us in the booth than he was in the ice anyway. I know, and he's doing a tremendous job. Uh, a lot better than he started off. He's getting more comfortable uh, in front of the camera and the Absolutely. mic and so on. So, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one. And who stays and who departs? And we're going to do this per cap friendly. Uh, we, all, all, we obviously know that um, Bergeron staying, Pasternak staying, Marshan staying, Coyle staying. Uh, it looks like Kosh is going to be around. It looks like Nick Ritchie is going to be around. Sean Corrales is going to be around. Wagner is going to be around, but what do you what do you do with a player like Joachim Nordstrom, uh, who's a UFA at the end of this year? Um, is it is he a pass or a keep? Love you, Nordy, but I. Yeah, I I just think that any any available funds that you have right now you're going to need, and and player like him, we we do have guys that uh, making that could make under. Um, one million on entry level deals right now that could that could um, serve that the purpose to have that spot. Yeah, they've they've played well enough in Providence where they deserve to have that spot. Yeah, and not only that, the the cap savings if they do bring if one of them does does step up and get that spot, we save money that way too. Anders Bjork, RFA at the end of this year. Keep. Yeah, I'm 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 with him. He's young. He's a versatile winger, play e- each side. So and he can go up and down the lineup. Kind of reminds me of uh, a better Danton Heinen offensively. Yes. That he could just yes. you know be that he can go to the top line. He can go to the fourth line. And, and you know so he was at the top line. You know what I mean? Yeah. He played with Bergie and Mashi. His I believe it was his rookie year, and he did well till he hurt his shoulder. So obviously, the only uh, thing I want from him is I want him to step up his physical side of his game a little bit. Yeah, a yeah. little soft in that respect. But yep. other than that, I I don't I have no problem keeping Anders Bjork. Jake DeBrusque RFA at the end of this year. I I want to see him. I want to see him keep kept. I want actually, and I don't want to give him a long term deal. Give him a bridge deal. Yeah, because he still well, has some things to prove. The streakiness can get irritating at times, but he, he's obviously got the got the goods. With the uh, the way that. Uh, McAvoy and Carlo were signed last year. If they right. were short-term deals, mm-hmm. very cap-friendly deals. So I think that's good. that's probably going to be what's going to be with Jake. Like, hey, we know you got all the attributes to be a solid player, but we just really haven't seen it in consistency. So let's give you a two or three-year deal, short-term. See right what in between McAvoy and Carlo money. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the four million, three point five to four million range. And if it doesn't work out, the best thing about that whole thing is Jake DeBrusque is still a decent player, and he's and he's at a decent age. He's still learning, 
So he's still an attractive player uh, when you, if you want to consider a trade. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. He's uh, very dangleable, if that's a word. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mess up on words all the time. It's, <laughs> it's something that happens. But uh, uh, moving on to Pa Lindholm. Um, he does have one more year left. So, and he's, he's at, at eight fifty, right? Yeah, eight hundred fifty thousand. Twenty-eight Keep him years around. old. If anything, he can be a black ace. Or if he earns it, he can keep his spot. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, this guy's down in Providence, especially after whatever the hell happens with the end of this year. This guy's in Providence that are ripe to about stamp their foot on a spot up here with us. And to have a guy like Lindholm on the team is a good thing for injuries or whatever the case may be. To have a guy like him, he's very serviceable. You know what I mean? He's a good defensive player. He's decent in the faceoff circle. And he's a, he's a valuable guy to have around, especially with that number. That is age, though, at 28. I know it's young for you and I, but... <laughs> uh, that's that's old for uh, there's rocks that are terms. younger than, there's rocks <laughs> that I, I'm older than so I got no business to talk <laughs> but uh he's the type of he's the type of player that I could see um on a real low buyout for um roster availability on the Absolutely. left side mm-hmm. possibly a Trent Frederick a Trent Frederick uh, yes Zach Seneshin uh, I don't know about Zach Zach uh zach to me is um he's an enigma right now yeah yeah i mean but I'm frederick, not... absolutely frederick <laughs> he's showing me a lot this year uh, down in providence his games down in providence have been unbelievable he's just running through the league he's yeah. got the most penalties in the league right now uh, and he's got good size you know what i yeah. mean he and he he will run into everything so he don't care what it is if you've got the wrong uniform on he's gonna run into you yeah, and, and he's that's something always, that this team needs. Yeah, always sticking up for his uh, his uh, teammates when needed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, Anton Bleed. He's got two more years. He's twenty five years old. I'm sorry, he's got one more full season. So, um, and the thing that sucks when when we get back to playing, if he needs to go down, he's lost. I, I would say he's gone to the waiver process, but. Uh, that's a tough one. I like Anton and so on, but at the at the AHL level, I'm not a huge fan of his game at the NHL level. But that's just an opinion. Um, moving He's on. He's the kind of guy that could probably slip through the waiver thing if it comes to that. Well, but... Solaric did it too, but right. then again, when Solaric did it, the everybody was looking at other players that were a, a lot higher profile. So Solaric slid right under the the bar and, and didn't get seen because uh, I thought that he was definitely going to go. I know he hasn't done a ton in the NHL level. He's done, he's, he worked really hard in the AHL, but um, I thought Peter was gonna, was definitely going to be taken and have a better opportunity for NHL success with another organization. I, I agree. The depth, the depth that's yes. in front of all these guys down at Providence is, is, is tough because you know, Sweeney's always saying that if, if you're the best player, you're going to play. Right. There's a lot of people that see him playing down in Providence that think he's been playing well enough to be in the NHL. It's, those You know from watching a ton of Providence games that the a, NHL, AHL is a totally different level. 
Yeah. You might, I mean, <laughs> look what happened. And I, I think I brought this up several times. But look what happened with Frank Petrano. The guy, the kid went down to the AHL, lit it up. 35 games, 34 goals. Right. At the NHL level, very streaky and was hardly seen. Until this year with yeah. Florida, he's, he's all of a sudden a sniper. So those are all the charity. Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's move on to the defenseman. Um, Tory Krug needs to be re-signed, in my opinion. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, McAvoy is going to be here for two more full seasons after this. Brandon Carlo, one full season after this. John Moore. What do we do about 29-year-old John Moore? Bye, John. What do you do, though, because he's under contract? Is, that, is, is he the potential candidate for a buyout? And by thinking a buyout, you also got to understand, I know you do, but uh, maybe a lot of folks don't understand, was when you buy out, that number is also on the cap. Yeah, that's you're dead not, money. Yeah, it's almost like you're not winning here. Honestly, uh, I was kind of surprised he survived the trade deadline, to be honest with you. I yeah. thought the Bruins were going to try to do whatever they could to move him just because of his number. You know I think I mean? even when they signed him, I it, it kind of made me, my eyes cross a little bit. It's like, yeah. Yeah, two seven five for him, and I, he's a very. I I I'm ragging on him, and I don't really want to rag on him because he's a serviceable NHL defenseman. There's it's no no ifs ands or buts about that. But on this team, he just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, he's he's his. I mean, Lozon is completely taking him out of the picture. He, Lozon basically gave him his walking papers because I'm sorry, Jeremy Lozon should never ever be in the ninth ninth floor ever. Right. He's proved it on the ice, and that's all I care about is what do you do on the ice, and he's proved it. Thoughts on Chara and a and a possible return next season <laughs> when you're thinking about the cap. <laughs> See, this one tears my heart apart because I love the guy. I honestly love the guy. And if he's willing to take another cap-friendly one-year deal with us, yeah, bring him back. But you also don't leave the whole picnic basket on him. There's certain things that he's really good at now. He's still a, the, one of the best penalty killers you're going to find. He is still a shutdown defender, but you and I and anybody else that watches the Bruins, he's slow. And that has gotten more and more glaringly apparent over the last couple of years. He is slow. Yeah, he's in probably the best shape of any of the 20-year-olds that he's playing with, but he is slow. And you can't have him logging 28 minutes anymore because you have guys on the team now that can log that kind of, those, that kind of minutes and be effective. So. All right. It, it, that pulls my heartstrings with him. It really does. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay. Would you take Chow for one more year and then make Grizzly expendable? Yes. Okay. I am going to agree. I'm going to disagree with that one because I, I like the way that Grizzly transitions. I, he's got good, good speed. He's got good hands. Um, but... I also understand that you can't have two players. You can, I get it, but on this yeah. team, on this team, and the way it's structured, when you look at, it, at from a cal- salary cap right. perspective, you can't have a Tory Krug and a Matt Grizzlick on the same club 
and uh, and pay them accordingly. I know that Grizzly was probably going to only probably get maybe a million, possibly two. Right. Who knows? Extra on top of his one point four. Oh, then but, uh, maybe another maybe another million and a half tops. I don't see him. He's not a three million dollar year defenseman. No, uh, not not that I I think anyway. Now on another team, absolutely he could be that because if he's the guy or the the, the second pair guy, he's definitely that because he could be that for another team. Yeah, and, and he's twenty six years old. No, twenty six right. years old. I can't believe he's that old. All right, and uh, moving on the defense, we have Jeremy Laws on definitely keeping. I mean, he just oh, yeah. just signed a another deal, and Connor Clifton, another interesting one that if um if he doesn't get in the NHL and he has to go down, he's going to have to pass through the waivers. And I definitely think that he's oh gonna he's going to get scooped up. He'll get scooped big time. So it, 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 that hurts me too because I love Cliffy Hockey too, but. If yeah, it comes down to where they don't have any space for him, and they have to send him down. He will not clear clear, clear waivers. Somebody will pick him up. He's proven that. Just in the playoff run last year, he's proven that. So when you're looking down at the the non roster forwards, um, and you look at Brett Ritchie, he's got one more year at one million dollars. He's an RFA, and he's he can say goodbye. Yeah. Trent Frederick still has one more year under his entry-level deal. He, Zach Seneshin is uh, currently under his last year. I don't know what's going to happen to him. If, if he wants to – he's RFA. So the, 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 the Bruins do have some, um, some wiggle room to negotiate. It's not just past the, well, whenever we get to free agency. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, really. But um, – if they want to bring him back on a one-year uh, two-way deal, that's a possibility. If he needs a little extra time to to get going, and and possibly with the patches of the guys that we mentioned um, at the NHL level, per gap friendly roster availability, we might be available for him at that point. So who right. knows? Um, Pavel Shen's just he, he's on a three-year deal. Oscar Steen, he's on a three-year. So Cameron Hughes, two more. Jakob Lauko has got two more. Jack Stadik has got two more. And he's pushing hard, hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Una Kapanen, he's got one more year. And these are all RFAs. Um, Carson Kuhlman, this is currently his last year, but he's RFA. Ryan Fitzgerald, a kid that I really like, uh, I think that he I, – I honestly think Ryan should have been that player that uh, took over for Nola Chari, but they went out and got the Parlin home and, they, and somebody else, so – and the Richie. But um, Brendan Gauntz, uh, he's, he was ripping it up. That kid, that, that kid was on fire. I think he scored like – had points in, a, in 12 games, something like that. But He had like a four-game goal streak, too. He, he yeah. was getting a goal, if not two, like yeah. four, three. He was ripping it up big time. Peter Solarik, I don't see returning, even though he's an RFA. He might even be a piece that's moved in the, um, in the draft, whenever they have that. But – and then Paul Carey, he's got one more season, uh, so, and he's 31. 
I'm not going to go anywhere there. I like Paul. He's a good guy. Now, defenseman, defenseman is going to be interesting because you do have Yerho Vakanainen, who I thought was, was not, I mean, serviceable. Well, that's a very good word for him this year. I don't know what happened. Um, maybe the concussion from the year prior is still lingering on. He just doesn't seem like he's all there. Uh, and I honestly think that the next player we're going to talk about, um, who is an RFA and currently on, on his last year on uh, a Bruins contract entry level, of course, is, is Jakob Sporl. Sporl has been far better than, than Yerho and um, both number one picks. But I like the way Jakob's been playing his contract year. So it's an, uh, definitely an audition. I think that Jakob should stay in the, in the organization at least for one or two more seasons. Once you get that available, if you get rid of a John Moore, I think he could fit right in uh, seamlessly. Or if um, if uh, Jara doesn't come back, there's another spot. This is – I don't know if I'm going to say I disagree because I, 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 it's rare that I disagree with anything that you, you, you usually bring up. But I base – as far as defensemen go, I base, uh, I base my feelings on them. What do they do when they're with the big club? Lozon, that's why he stays. That's why he's proven he stays, because of what he's done with the big club. Bakanainen, prior to the injury, he proved that he can play up here. The problem with Zaboral is every time that they've called him up to the big club, he really hasn't impressed me yet. Now, down in Providence, okay, and maybe he seasoned, him, maybe he seasoned it up enough down there where if he gets another shot with the big club, maybe we'll see what that potential is. But that's what basically what I base it on when I see what they do with the big club. And, and you might be right about our home. Maybe, maybe the lingering effects from the concussion, maybe that's affected what he's done down there. But I just know the time that prior to the concussion, when he was with the big club, he didn't miss a beat. He, they didn't miss anything with him up there. Right. And then you can't say that about Zaboro when he was up with the big club. So that's that's where I kind of hedged with, with Zaboro. It's he hasn't shown me anything with the big club yet. And I'd like to see, I need I need to see that first. I'd like to see him get a little more time before walking away from him, obviously, because I I don't think that he's got that many games. I don't, I think he's got a, like a small cup of coffee in the NHL, but right. my facts could be wrong. But anyway. Moving on to another defenseman that's uh, probably going to be a career AHLer, Wiley Sherman. Um, this is his last year. He's an RFA. I, I don't know where to go with this one. He doesn't have the skating ability to play in the NHL. No, but then – What I've seen of him not yet to this point, he just doesn't have the skating ability. But then now, the again, kid they just signed, the other monster they just signed, uh, Wolf, Nick Wolf. Yeah. He does. No, you don't. That guy can well, not skate. <laughs> well, okay, then when he makes a hit, he can skate. Because I've seen uh, the, 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 the hits that he made down there, yeah. he skates perfect as far as that goes. I, I don't think, just moving on to the next one, I don't think okay. they're going to bring back Alex Petrovic. Uh, no. I don't know, he's a UFA, 28 years old. Uh, probably a better opportunity elsewhere, possibly Europe. But yes. Nick Wolf, he does sign a one-year deal. And that's – it's weird because uh, entry-level deals, you don't have to um, 
you don't have to be a three year all the time. You can right. you, even um, like Carson Coleman, he signed a two year, but the one year is like, all right, all right, kid, you now show us what you can do. <laughs> exactly. But pretty much anything. I think that he is comparable to Wiley Sherman and the way he plays down in Providence. He's just a big guy, a shutdown guy. We all, everybody needs those, but, when you look at ahead at the at what you have already in the system, you do have um, Brandon Carlo shut down. You got you got your Clifton, you got your Lawsons, you got um, McAvoy and Krug. If you can keep keep them all together, that's awesome. So a, a lot of folks that when I wrote an article, I wrote an article back in late December 2019 about him, about Nick Wolf and the interest that the Boston Bruins had in him. Uh, because he was with the the team for two development camps, um, and, and you know it, it did all right. I mean, he's just a big kid. He just the skating is the biggest issue with me, and I think that's why he didn't get a longer term. Um, but um, see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, anything could happen when you jump up a level. You, I mean, I mean. Oh yeah, you either move with your level or you don't, and that yeah. that says everything. But then again, it's a, it's also a low risk term too. You know right. what I mean? So it's not oh, yeah. nothing bad. Oh, that's that was a show me a show me contract. Yeah. Here you go, kid. Now you, we're giving you your shot. Show us what you got. And now it's on him. And when you go to the goal, now the goaltending has just has just grew a little bit too. So we still have um, Kyle Kaiser for two more seasons. Dan Vladar. This is currently his last year. He's an RFA after this. Uh, Max Legassi is a UFA, 27, and uh, recently signed University of Maine goaltender Jeremy Swayman, making a lot of news lately with the way he's been playing and all the accolades he's done uh, in his career with the University of Maine. So... We do have some good things that are coming up um, in the, when it comes to the guys in the crease. I do hear a lot of people, like on a recent podcast that I've heard uh, throughout the week, um, when it comes to Swayman, that or Vladar, that he could be uh, the predecessor to a, uh, a Yarrow Halak if, the, if, he, if they can't um, you know, retain him for longer term. And we're depending on what Rast does too. Right. I don't think it's a good idea to bring uh, a 22-year-old or a 21-year-old goaltender up and expect him to do great things because these kids, believe it or not, goaltenders uh, mature later on. You know that. Oh, of course. So putting a goaltender like that at that age, uh, it really this it's, it's it's a very limited role because you're gonna you're gonna you're going to rely heavily on experience. And at this point, even with one more year of Tuka Rask, I don't think you're going to see 60, 65, 70 games from Tuka in his last year. I think he, no. I think he thrives later on in his career with the less work during the regular season. Oh, it's proved it. The last, the, this year and last year proved it. Yeah. You, know, you, you get Tuka in that 45 to 50 game area and let the backup play the 30, 35 game. Not only does it brought Tuka's game up, it also brought Yarrow's game up. Yeah, sure. Because Yarrow, if Yarrow was a guy that only got 20 starts a year, I don't think he'd be as good as he is now. 
because Yarrow is such a, a quality product that you, you let Yarrow get into 30, 35 games a year, now you have your 1A, 1B. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's proven. It's proven itself out in the last two years. So uh, Kyle Kaiser, I don't think, is at all ready. I think he's most likely destined for the East Coast Hockey League. Um, and Swayman, I think, is going to – they really think high of Swayman in the, in the times that I've seen them covering as a, as a media member. So I think it could be um, uh, Vladar and Swayman at the AHL level and Kyle Kaiser at the East Coast, wherever the team is going to be next year. Um, but I, I just don't see any of these kids stepping up to be a, a, a backup at this point. I think possibly after one more season, I think Vladar could make that jump if he's retained. I hope he's retained because he's doing really well. But like yeah. I said last week, very small <laughs> sample size on on Vladar because he hasn't had an outstanding career in the American Hockey League until he came back from the high ankle sprain in December of 2019 and then just went on this run where he led the league in goals against average and save percentage. And he's been playing really well. And I know I mentioned this several times, but um, he uh, worked with uh, Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham when he was recovering from his injury. They were doing tons of video telling him to, you're moving too much in the crease, limit your movements, you won't get so tired. And he did that and look, I mean, it's paying dividends right now, but it's just, it's a three month sample size. I want to see, I want to see a whole season of this. And then I'd be like, okay, now I feel comfortable with him in a limited role or even the guy that uh, could earn uh, the trust of, um, of Bruce Cassidy to get those 30 games that you were talking about. Well, that's, See, this is the whole the thing with Tuca. This is the big caveat to all this. Next year, none of those guys, I believe, are capable of doing what Yarrow does. And I agree with you with that. All comes down to experience. And if you're going to have to make Tuca play 60, 65 games next year, he's not going to be nearly as effective as he has been for the last two. No way. And which is why I'm saying – if you're not going to sign Yarrow or give him the money that he's going to want to get to stay, that's why signing Lagasse was smart because Lagasse can play 25, 30 anyway. And even at that point, that lessens enough of the load off Tuca where he could still be effective. But it, there just there hasn't been enough time for the guys that they have to develop. And I agree with you. We have a diamond in there. With the, the, amongst those three guys, there was absolutely a diamond in there. Chances are it's probably Swayman because I have a friend whose daughter plays softball at UMaine and has seen a lot of him playing and saying he is the goods. Oh, now, yeah. granted, playing in the NCAA is different. And granted, he's in the Hockey East, which is, in my opinion, the best conference out there. But it's not the same thing as the AHL, let alone the NHL. So he's got more seasoning to do, but from everything that I've heard about him, he's got the goods. Yep. Now, whether that translates, we'll see. As far as Vladar goes, the only really looks I've gotten of Vladar to this point have been the videos of his starts at the, the development camps and the prospect camps that they've had. And he's looked good. 
and you, like you said, after he came back from that high ankle sprain, working with Ascenser and Dunham, he's improved. And you can see it despite in the way he's played. So I think Vladar has a chance. I don't think he can be a number one, at least not in my opinion right now, but he could definitely be a solid number two. Yeah. And let's face it, no, there's not a lot of Corey, uh, there's not a lot of kind of hots out there. You're not going to find a lot of 21, 22 year old kids that can step in and take the crease over. Right. And even still, he hasn't even done it really. Because if it wasn't for Brian Elliott, I don't think Carter Hart would have been as good as he's been this year. The Carter Hart's going to be under a lot of pressure because of, uh, you know, he's basically being looked at as the guy that's going to save the, the franchise when it comes to uh, the, the goalie position because right. that, that team has really never really had a good goaltender. And I'm going back a ways to. Oh, even when they had Hextall, Hextall struggled in that with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, even though that he was, he was a good goalie for them, he still had his times of, of, of struggle. So, um, okay, let's get to this one and then we'll, we'll, we'll do some free agent talk. Um, the NHL, this was from, oh God. Oh, this is from, um, oh, Boston sports journals. Connor Ryan wrote an article uh, and I think he released it today. And the NHL salary cap was projected to rise to between 84 million and 88 million. God, the 88 number would sound so good with all that list that we talked about. Oh. But after this pause, rumors have it that the salary cap could go down and not up because of uh, what's going on with this virus and, and everything being shut down uh, and a little bit of uncertainty there. So with that being said, if they, if they, if the Bruins and the NHL teams, other NHL teams out there think that this is going to go down now, is it time to like really hit the panic button and possibly move a player like David Krejci? And, and relieve some of that $7 million and get some of that back to get future assets? Uh, Tough one, huh? Yeah, it's – it's honestly, the players themselves could alleviate this, and I know they hate bumping up that number, the escrow, the escrow account. I know they hate doing it. But they could alleviate that problem on themselves if they go to 5% for next year just because of what's happened this year with the coronavirus and everything else. And that would at least move the cap. It won't go to 88. It could have, but it won't go to 88. But if they could get it to go to 84, 85 and a half, 86, just for that one year, it might need to be done just so teams can keep the stability. And I'm not talking the Bruins either. I'm talking the whole league. Right. They can keep the stability in their lineups. They might have to do that this year. You know what I mean? And, but if the cap goes down, oh, man. I, <laughs> I oh boy, I, I just, trading David Krejci, just that really puts a stake in my heart. And I, I just don't know. I mean, would they have to? God, I hope not. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't want to see them go to drastic measures like that. But um, if, he's, if he's willing to waive, um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody else on the team that right now, I mean, I, I just, I don't want to deal anybody with term that, that, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Like you keep the Bergeron, you keep your passing acts, keep your mosh hands, but David's got one more full season left. And I mean, I've heard that he's another player that would like to retire, possibly go home, play for a Czech Republic club out there and, and finish his hockey career with family and so on. So you never really know what, what his vision is in this whole discussion. But when you look at that cap number is 7.25, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an attractive thing to look at and say, okay, well, 2 million of that could go to Jake DeBrusque. 1 million of that could go to uh, Grizzlick or, or Anders Bjork. It's just, you could spread that out to make everything happen in the future. I, I, and honestly, I want to see them address the future as soon as possible and not at the 11th hour. Right. It's, if it comes down to moving Krejci, if that's what it comes down to, God, I hope it doesn't. But if that's what it comes down to, it's not a rebuild, so to speak, but it's going to be a serious restructuring of that team if they have you're to doing it on the fly. Krejci. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now you're going to move Coyle up to number two center. And now you have to essentially fill, almost damn near fill out two other lines now. You know what I mean? Three and four need to be filled out. And now you're going to be leaning on some of those guys in Providence who may or may not be ready to step up yet. You know what I mean? Maybe they are and maybe they aren't. We won't know that unless they have to. And I, that's just saying, if the if the cap goes down, at least for the Bruins, I can only speak for the, this team as far as that goes, because I don't usually dive that deep into other teams as far as right. that goes. But for this one, if the cap goes down, and it comes down to they have to move Krejci, now we're talking about a complete restructuring of that lineup. You know it, I know it. You know what I mean? If with no Krejci in that two-hole, that means you move Coil up to the two-hole. And now that leaves a lot of holes on your bottom six. And with having to re-sign Krug, having to re-sign DeBrusque, giving money to Grizz and Bjork if you're going to go that route. It's not it's, easy. No, it, it's, it's not it, easy. It's the, the face of this team will change drastically. You know what I mean? And there's no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that if we have to move crazy. And, uh, if that happens, I could definitely see Studnika right at the third, third, oh, uh, third line yeah. tunnel. Oh yeah, I think he'd work really well right there. I don't. And, I, Lord knows the PK would be fine if we have to put Jack Stanika into that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Him and his shorthanded efforts. Also, oh, he's been a stud on the T on the oh, PK down there. Um, but I don't want to bring him up and put him on the right side. I don't like the experiment nope. with the natural center being on the wings. Now, I told Sam this last week. I don't mind doing it with a guy like Trent Frederick. Because no. he can, I mean, his natural position is center, but they have, Jay Leach has put him at the left side quite frequently. And I think that might have been a request from the higher club that if he's going to be at any NHL level, I think it might be a wing and not a center just because of the depth that this team currently has. And not to mention his size, too. You're talking yeah. about a kid that's 6'2", six, 6'3", six, about 210 pounds. You should, I mean... My shoulders are big right now because I got a freaking gut, but this guy, man, you, int- I, I've interviewed him several times and it's like when he takes that uh, the equipment off, his shoulders are still huge. 
Right. It's like right. he's like a tank. It's it's yeah. absolutely crazy. And I've met his he's, parents. His parents are really nice. His father's the same build. He's just like boom, you know. Right. Right. All right. So that is enough of that. Obviously, he has another um, uh, factor that um, David Backus. We do retain salary on Matt Bolesky for this year. David Backus is uh, 1.5 this year and 1.5 next year. So that's got to be uh, accounted for for future cap. And um, bio, uh, Dennis Seidenberg is gone after this done. So that's 1.6, 1.1 that you're going to free up there too. So right. you're going to free up probably about, I'm not good with the math, but probably about 2.5. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, some free agents that you wanted to bring to the table uh, concerning the NCAA. Why don't you uh, go ahead and with that while I look something up real quick. Okay. Well, I was looking through the lists of the undrafted free agents that are out there right now and the NCAA undrafted free agents. And there were three that came up that, I thought that the Bruins might take a look at. Two of them happen to be brothers. The, uh, it's uh, the Akan brothers. Jack, who plays at St. Cloud State, he's a defenseman. He's an undersized guy, Krug type. And then his brother, Roman, he's undersized too, and he plays wing for University of Wisconsin. And both of them, from all reviews of, of their play, they have not let the fact that their size hinder them. They, they are small, yes, but... Like uh, Jack, Jack Akan, he's five foot eight, but he's built like Ray Bork. He's basically a triangle on skates. And that the fact that he's five foot eight has not hindered him at all. And he's, and, and like I said, he's a Corey, Tory Krug type too. He's put up big numbers down at St. Cloud State, and he could be a possibility. Another one is um, Mitchell, Mitchell Chafee from UMass. Yeah, he's he's a Bergy type. He's can do it all. He's got a you know you know he's got a full toolbox. He can do defensively, offensively, and he's got pretty decent size. He's like six foot six one, about two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, and he's been I believe he's captain for UMass this year. And yeah, he he's shown a lot, and he's he's based his progression from his freshman year to the senior year. He got better, 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 and coach had put more and more and more on his shoulders and he took it, put it in his backpack and ran with it. And he could be a possibility too. I mean, the list is long. There's a good, probably 15, 20 of them out there that, but I'm just not talking about the guys that I know the Bruins have talked about. And yeah. they, they could be, they could be a possibility. Um, actually Mark Diver two days ago uh, mentioned that hearing the Bruins very much in the mix of, on two of the top NCAA free agents. The, 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 the Akan and uh, Chafee. But he also um, says that uh, the Bruins are interested in Minnesota to lose Justin Richards. He's another free agent on Boston's radar, attended development camp last year. I remember him. I think he was, he was really undersized. And looking at his uh, elite prospects right now, he's 5'11", 190, and he's a center. So it's like – you got a lot of centers, man. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy amount of centers that this team has, and and left shot, left shot ones too. This one happens to be a right shot, but 
That's another play. On the left shots. I was a left shot too. Yeah, I'm a righty. Um, <laughs> even though I'm left-handed, that makes no sense. But anyway, uh, yeah. So there's there's some some things to uh, consider when you're thinking about adding to the depth of the organization. You never know if you're gonna strike it rich with these kids. Um, we, we did it once with Tory Krug. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, but actually, we did it again years ago with um, was it uh, Mola May? Oh Jesus! Wow, you're going way back. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm older than dirt, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you can find diamonds in the rough. It's happened before, it's not just with us, with other teams as well. I mean, you can you, depending on how your scouting system works and who they get to look at on a regular basis, you can pluck pluck those diamonds out every now and then. It happens. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But um, we've talked, it looks like, for a little over an hour or about an hour. Um, I don't have anything else. That's about it for me, sir. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything that I could have thought to talk about for this short time period. Well, Lance, I want to thank you very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. Please. Plug um, your uh, your Twitter handle so the folks out there can follow. Oh, my friends out there in the Twitterverse, I'm at Bruinsman1. Give me, give me follows and I will give them back. Thank nice. you. Absolutely. Um, remember, the, this uh, episode 171 was brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 for your all your corona bets and and anything that's not happening in the, in the major sports world, but you might be able to get something, get lucky somewhere in some country that is uh, uh, maybe even squash. Who knows? But, <laughs> a little uh, bad bit in action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lance, I want to really, really appreciate your time. Uh, as, as I've said in the past, um, it would, would, I wish Heather was around. She's a, she's a fantastic addition to the show this, this season which was abruptly uh, interrupted by this uh, virus. Right. So uh, in the, in the, in the act of separation, we, I, I, I just thought it'd be kind of cool to take the time to get some other people involved in the program and uh, thought of you uh, very quickly. So um, my pleasure, my friend, I'm here for you whenever you need me, you know that. That's awesome. And I might even do that during some off season shows when we have some ideas, uh, you know, not, not hour long programs, but to get some content on the week, I will uh, definitely reach out and we'll try to get something going. Oh, you know, I'm here for you, man. No, no, no worries with that at all. Also wanted to mention to the folks out there that are uh, thirsty for hockey and, and need something to do. If, if you guys, um, this is a good time. It's good downtime for folks to join the black and website as a contributor writer. Uh, we, we are a media credentialed uh, website via the Providence Bruins. So if you're a college kid or, or an adult that likes to travel and get down there and, and cover games, with uh, player uh, interview access afterwards, let me know. Uh, please send a, an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. I'm sorry, blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. We're looking for all kinds of writers. This is a good time for me to teach new folks how to, how to uh, work with WordPress. That's our media program. And um, so if you feel like you'd like to contribute and be a writer, please let me know. 
uh, we do a, a pretty decent uh, training program. So, and uh, obviously we have the time. So this is a good, good time to take advantage of it. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Lance and Susie in the background. If you can hear me, thank you, darling. So. You're welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> and I promise not to touch the gin anymore. Not last. You want to start out with it, great, but don't do it last. Yeah. Bad yeah. juju, my friend. Bad juju. Mark, there's still one thing you can bet on, at least for a little while, and that's horse racing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Horse racing. BetOnline.ag. <laughs> Love it. All right, everybody. Thank you. thank you very much for that. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Stay home and stay safe, everybody. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.